Hello, everybody. This is Noah, and welcome to Change Talk, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are thinking about change and are open to talking about it. We are very excited to introduce our guest today, who will be the first part of two from Roll with Cole. Cole Sidner is a young man who became a quadriplegic as a teenager. Today, he is an entrepreneur, having started a production company with his wife, Charisma, in the hopes of spreading positivity and raising awareness surrounding disability. Cole and Charisma run a successful YouTube channel, Roll with Cole and Charisma, which comes with a lot of to-do tasks and responsibilities each day. On that note, Cole came on to Change Talk to discuss with me implementing better task management techniques into his life. And while we have you here, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. This can make a huge difference in expanding Change Talk's reach. And if you really like what you're hearing, consider donating to our tip jar, which can be found by following the link at the bottom of our show notes. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. And may Cole's Change Talk, in some small way, inspire your own. Please note that this podcast is not therapy. Please seek professional help if needed. Welcome to another episode of Change Talk. I am with Cole. Okay. But I'm glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much for being a part of this. We've been doing this now for six months. We have been, I have been blessed to meet people across the world doing a whole host of different things, and I'm very excited to speak to you. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about yourself. My name is Cole Sidner. I'm uh, 25 years old, I think. Yeah, yes, 25. <laughs> uh, and I've been a quadriplegic for um, over nine years now. So in 2011, I went with a few of my friends to uh, the James River, which flows through the city of Richmond. And uh, over the course of the day, at one point when we were crossing the river, and this river is kind of like rapids. So like there were rocks that are exposed and you can kind of sunbathe on them. And a lot of people go down there and frolic around and it's a lot of fun. Um, but it is fast flowing water and uh, the rapids are pretty serious. I grew up swimming, so like it wasn't a big worry to me. And I didn't really think much of like the danger part of it. Um, but that being said, at one point when I was crossing the river, uh, because of the fast flowing water, I dove in so I could get some momentum to get across before the water swept me away into the next set of rapids. And as soon as my head broke the surface of the water, uh, it, I hit a rock right on the, the dome of my head. And immediately I broke my C4, C5, C6, and T1 vertebrae in my neck. And my spinal cord was damaged at C5 and C6. So instantly, what that meant for me was I could not use my hands. I could not use my arms. I couldn't use my legs, my core. Basically, I couldn't use anything. All I could do was hold my breath. And that's what I did. I held my breath as long as I could. And I knew that something was wrong. I didn't really know what was happening. And my brain, I was still trying to kick my arms and stroke or uh, kick my arms, kick my legs and stroke my arms. But nothing was happening. And I was just like shocked. 
uh, and I held on to my breath long enough to the point where someone pulled my head back so I could get a breath of air. And then I went back under again and then they flipped me onto my back and then my back was on someone's chest and turned out to be my friend who hadn't crossed the river yet. And he towed me back to the side of the river and um, the paramedics eventually came, took me to the hospital there. They saved my life a second time. And then from there, I did a bunch of rehab. And ever since that point in my life, it's just been trying to figure out how to have a normal or a sense of normalcy again, you know. Um, and I've found that. I've, I have found that even with a spinal cord injury, you, I can have a very full, meaningful, happy life. And um, especially uh, once I found my wife, Charisma, um, my, my life has never been fuller. And I can't imagine having an able-bodied life at this point. I, I just feel like, you know, what I've been able to do for myself, the growth I've been able to experience myself, and what I've been able to do, like impacting the world has been a beautiful thing. And it's almost directly as a result of me breaking my neck. So in a weird way, it's, it's been a, a great thing for me. And um, now I get to have awesome conversations with people like you. And it's just, it's really cool. And so I guess I should also mention uh, the impact that we've had on the world has been mostly through our YouTube channel. So Charisma and I started a YouTube channel pretty early on in our relationship. And we just kind of cover, you know, what we do together, um, the obstacles we face as an interabled couple and an interracial couple, um, how we do things and just kind of share our lives, open up our lives. And uh, over the course of, I think it's been two and a half, three years, we've had the channel and we had. We have about 550,000 subscribers, so we're very proud of that, and um, it's it's given us a lot of awesome opportunities to make a difference. And, and there's a lot there that you mentioned that I want to go into. Um, yeah. Before coming back to the end, because there's a more of a meta kind of questions that I have for you, just take me back to that day or the day after when you woke up. When did you come into consciousness that this thing happened to me, and what was your reaction to that? So I was conscious through, obviously, like I mentioned, I, while I was in the water, I was awake. Now, how conscious I really was, I mean, it's all very foggy to me. And in that moment, it was just like, I was so flabbergasted as to what was happening that I wasn't really processing that well. Um, but I was also awake until the paramedics arrived. And as soon as they arrived, they started asking me questions. You know, they're like, all right, can you feel this? I'm like, no. I was like, can you feel this? I'm like, no. Can you feel this? I'm like, no. Like, dude, I can't feel it. Like, why do you keep asking me this? <laughs> and it was just so painful laying there on the rocks because as soon as I was injured, I lost sensation. And I mean, from pretty much just above my nipple line down, I couldn't feel anything anymore. So what I could still feel, that sensation had become heightened. So like my shoulders just laying on the rocks, it felt like someone was driving daggers into my back you know, and it was just so uncomfortable. And I was like, can y'all please like do something here? Um, so I was awake through all of that. And that was pretty, pretty horrifying to watch what was going on. Because, you know, my friends are freaking out, they're screaming, call 911, like, go get the paramedics, someone help, like send t shirts, like, and then other people that were ha that happened to be nearby on the river started running over doing what they could to help. And it, it just became chaos like immediately. And I remember it was just such a weird dichotomy to, 
for me because I was laying on my back looking up at the sky and it was a pristine summer day partly cloudy the temperature was perfect the sun's shining it is something about you that you're actually even in reflections talking about the sun you know the sun and the sky and the pristineness of the day yeah well it was weird because it was so beautiful and like just looking at the sky it was so calm you know serene and then around me people are just freaking out and I'm just like grappling to process what the heck is happening so it was it was just a very weird weird moment then and then once the paramedics arrived and after they asked me their questions i believe they gassed me or put me under however they did that because i do not remember being rafted out of the river i remember at that point the, the next thing i remember from that point was waking up in the hospital and you know i, I just kind of wake up I see a bunch of people there. I'm looking at the fluorescent lights of a hospital room. I hear all the beeping going on around me and uh, blood dripping to the floor from my head because what they had to do at this point was try to snap my neck back into place before they could operate. And so they did that by like kind of um, levitating my head off the back of the bed and weighing, like they would hang uh, jugs of water from like this contraption that was on my head to snap it back into place. So very gruesome. (laughs) And that's, that's pretty much what I woke up to. And then they had to start doing all these sorts of different, you know, things to me, like intubate me, like putting tubes down my throat and drilling this contraption into my head to stabilize everything. And then all my family and friends there who are like super depressed. And I didn't really know at that point, like what, like the extent of what had happened. Um, I think eventually I asked either my nurse or my mom, I was like, am I paralyzed? And they were like, yes. I was like, oh no, that sucks. And like when my mom told me that, I, I definitely believed her because she had broken her neck twice. She just never damaged her spinal cord so she could still walk around and stuff, but she understands neck pain and neck injury. So she told me I was paralyzed. And I was like, Oh man, here we go. Now at that point, I did not realize how paralyzed I was. I thought I would just be like a paraplegic who had all arm function. Like basically what I thought being paralyzed meant was just, I couldn't walk. And that was it. Like I, I just couldn't use my legs, but I came to learn going through rehab. There's a lot more to that. Like I'm never going to be using my hands. I can't even use my triceps. So my arm just like falls down when I raise it above my head. And then the bladder and bowel care is a whole other realm of um, that it introduces its own problems. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I just thought that I wouldn't be able to walk. And I guess in hindsight, that's kind of a good thing because if I had realized that at the very beginning, it would have been crushing and I probably wouldn't have wanted to do anything, but I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I learned it over the course of rehab. And then it was able to give me time to come to terms with everything. So it wasn't, it wasn't all at once. The whole thing wasn't really all at once. You, you had an awareness of what was happening a little bit at the time. Then you went under, you came back, you slowly learned. Yeah, I definitely had time, which was great. And also at that point, they give you so many like painkillers and stuff that everything's kind of a fog. And even though information is coming in and like you're taking it in, you don't really like can process the complete, like you can't really like get all of, <laughs> You can't totally understand everything that's coming in right. is basically what I'm trying to say. 
Right. So obviously, I mean, there's so much between all of these times and probably a lot of ups and downs and, uh, and from the way I've read and watched from your, from your channel, just so much grace and love from people that uh, all over the place um, from the person that saved you, the nurses, your family, your friends coming, just constantly being with you that, that helped you get through a lot of it. But the way you just described your story to me and we, and we had you go from full from, I guess, then your sort of 10 minute version of that till, uh, being the channel that you are today, your whole life, your, 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 you know, your sense of value that you provide to the world is tied to your experience at that time. Your partner has come from that experience. Yeah. How do you reconcile all of that? You said that, you know, the, you're looking at it from the big perspective and your whole life has been shaped by that. And in many positive ways, how, how do you reconcile all, all, all of that and internalize, you know, what happened to you, what that's meant in terms of limitations, but also what opportunities it's given you? Well, opportunities is the perfect way to frame it because there's opportunity cost with anything. And uh, what if questions are a great way to frame it too, because people ask me all the time, what if you could go back to that day and stop yourself from making that dive? Would you do it? And, you know, that's, that's, that's a heavy, heavy question. And a lot of people would assume, of course, you know, of course you'd go back because why, if you could be able-bodied, then why would you choose not to be, you know? What does it mean even to ask that question? Right. Right. And so when I was struggling, because of course there were times where I was struggling with my disability, my condition, accepting myself, um, I would, I would kind of ask myself, what, what if I could, like, what would my life be like right now? And I wouldn't have forged these lifelong relationships. I wouldn't have had a whole new perspective on the world that, you know, I find rather beautiful. Um, I wouldn't have met charisma. I wouldn't have started a YouTube channel. I wouldn't have been, uh, I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to make a difference like I've had. And I, I just think I'm a better person. So, I mean, the opportunity cost is all, all of those things. I, I, there's a good chance. I, none of that would have happened. I mean, it's almost a hundred percent chance. None of that would have happened if I never broke my neck. So I just can't picture my life any other way. So the answer to that question is if I could go back, no, I wouldn't stop myself. I'm happy, you know? And to say that I would is to say that I'm not happy and this isn't a great existence, you know, that I, I would choose another existence over my own life right now. And that's not the case. Right. And that perspective and part of your whole brand of positivity, I just want you to elaborate on that because it's not, you know, superficial, uh, just be positive. Yeah. It's deep. And, and right. I want you to talk a little bit about what that really means to you. Well, we, we see it as a choice, you know? Um, and like there, there's definitely, definitely toxic positivity out there where people are just like forcing positivity and it's not, it's not necessarily healthy. Um, you can, you can try to force it and that's not, a, that's not always a good thing. In our case, we just choose to be happy and choose to stay positive because that's the life we want to lead. And in my case, it's kind of easy for me to let stuff just kind of slide off my shoulders because I have a very different floor for like for health for yeah because in my mind I can 
compare everything to almost dying. You know, it's like, <laughs> all right, we, we dropped this milk jug on the floor and it spilled everywhere. I'm not going <laughs> to let that ruin my, my day because guess what? I didn't almost die, you know? Right. So I know, I know that that's very dramatic and that's exaggerated. Um, but in a way that's how I really feel. I mean, it, it's like, it's not a big deal. We'll be all right. And, you know, when, when little things go wrong throughout the day, I just, I, even if it's not, oh, I didn't die. It's like, oh, well, you know, at least I was able to drive my truck to the store today and it didn't break down. You know, that's, that's great because that happens. And so it's kind of like just valuing the things that are going right as much as you're valuing the things that are going wrong. So if you get really pissed off when something little goes wrong, but you don't get as equally happy when something little goes right, then you're not, you're not valuing things in a healthy way. That's just how we feel. And we're not trying to shove positivity down anybody's throat. We're just, you know, we just choose to live our life a certain way and we share that. And if people want to do that as well, okay, that's great. If you don't, that's fine too. Do whatever you want, but this is how we're living. Well, at least they're vicariously doing it somehow through your channel in, in some way. Well, we uh, hope so, yeah. And I want to just take a moment to pause there because the whole concentric circles or Maslow's hierarchy of needs that, you know, for example, thank God I am blessed with, you know, let's say food and shelter and water. And so there are moments when I can actually appreciate that if I'm getting caught up in everything that we get caught up and I can take a moment and actually give thanks to the fact that I have at least those levels met. It doesn't mean I'm not striving for higher because what I have now is what I have. And it's, I'm guessing it's the same for you just because you are, you survived, you're living, you're thriving in within the context of your life. It doesn't mean you don't get caught up because you're still a human and this is your normal now, if you will, this is your life, but you access that a moment in the past where you realized that some of the stuff that we take for granted as human beings, you don't take for granted and you, you, you restore that memory to your brain in the present and allow that to be something. And if even for a moment, I have one out of a hundred that I actually appreciate the simplicity of what I have, it increases my joy of life tremendously. And it sounds like for you and charisma, that's a part and parcel of how you live. It's how do you are taking true, genuine joy in the simple things of life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that thanks thing, I think is so important. Um, For me, like I always put it in terms of gratitude. I'm just grateful. I also kind of frame that gratitude in that what if scenario too, because, because I think about what if my injury were one spinal cord level lower. So I'm a, I have a C5 injury or a C5, C6 technically. If I was a C7 injury, I would have my triceps and I could potentially have more hand function as well. And that for me would be life-changing. My life would be way better. Uh, well, not better, but I would be way more independent. I would be, I would be able to do a lot more for myself. So I, I, it's hard not to think, oh man, what if my injury was just a little bit lower, just one inch lower, I'd have all this extra function. Okay, but what if my level was one inch higher? If that was the case, I would be driving my power chair from a straw. It's, I would be using a sip and puff chair to get around and I would not be able to do nearly 
the things I would be able, I, I can do right now with what I have. So you, you just put it in that what if situation and it's impossible not to be grateful for what I have today and my current reality. And so gratitude is a very powerful thing to me. And I, I just think that uh, just taking a moment to think about that, think about the things you have, don't take it for granted because you can just become so accustomed to what you have and forget about that. You just think about it for a second. You're like, dang, I'm pretty lucky. This is, this is pretty awesome, actually. And it sounds like that practice is something that you do a lot. You're, you're constantly doing that in your own life. And it's bringing so much blessing to, to the two of you. I mean, I'm guessing you do this together. We always show gratitude for each other. And I recognize um, all the things that I cannot do because it pains me that I can't do them. I won't lie that like it bums me out. I can't do all these things. Um, and seeing someone else have to do them for me definitely can get to me sometimes. And so I try to make up for that by being extra grateful vocally and show my appreciation um, through words and through actions as well. And um, I mean, if we're talking about change, I think I could even do better with that. I, I, I know that, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done for me. So I, I can show that even more, uh, show my appreciation even more. But it's just like, I think what really, really helps is getting excited and being happy with the things that are going right as they are going right. Not thinking about how great it was after things have gone wrong. So like if I'm feeling good or like, I know I have a very healthy bladder. I get excited about that. In the moment, in the moment. Yeah, Yeah, I do an intermittent catheterization. I see (laughs) there's a lot of information, but like I see that I have healthy looking output. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, this is, that's great. I'm glad and I feel good about that. Um, And that just helps me be more thankful every day about the little things. And then when something goes wrong, I can get bummed about that too but I know that I'll be just as excited once it's fixed again. I also go back to my baseline too. Like my baseline for the longest time after my injury was the fact that I couldn't do a lot of things. And I just kind of, it just kind of became normal. Like that was my norm, normal baseline was an inability to do a lot of things. And I just accepted that. I resigned myself to that and accepted it. And I've kind of shifted that a little bit where I've started trying to do things again and regain some of that independence that I assumed had been lost forever. And so when I make those efforts, like trying to go to the bathroom on my own, even if I fail a bunch, I don't really get that mad about it because my baseline was already that I couldn't do it. So, okay, why am I going to get mad? You know, I, I, I made the effort. I tried. But on the flip side, if I succeed, which in that case I have, then, whoa, my baseline just rose (laughs) big time. And I get stoked about that because I just got all this independence back that I didn't think that I would ever have again. So that's like a huge, joyous occasion in my life. And it kind of starts with that like lower baseline. So I, I I don't really know like that's a good thing or a bad thing or what that means exactly but that's sort of just my experience well, clearly whatever it is you're not stopping you're not uh you're constantly redefining what is possible for you within the context like you're you know you don't know 
you, you just don't know where that's going to go. Right. Uh, and it encourages me in the future when I think I can't do something. I'm like, you know what? I think I can't, but I'm going to try it anyway. And when going into things with that mindset has made it a lot easier for me to find that I can do a lot more than I thought I could. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just feel like my life is even richer than it was. And I'm just happy about that. Right. And, and you hold on to it. You're able to hold on to it. And obviously not every second, but you can come back to that and then appreciate it at the moment. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a whole feedback loop that continues yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you a little bit about the channel. Uh, maybe one of the most, if you want to articulate one of the most meaningful experiences for you that's happened through the channel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my, from my perspective, the most meaningful part of the channel or what has validated us doing what we do the most has been feedback from the community. Um, we have gotten all sorts of messages from people that were just really, really powerful and made us feel awesome. Um, for example, one message came from someone who said that they were in a wheelchair too. I don't know what their disability was. I don't remember. Um, but they said that they had given up on dating for years. And after they watched the channel and saw that we had a genuine love, they decided to get back out there again and like go for it. And, you know, that's super heartwarming, you know? Um, I, I love that we're influencing people's opinions to like make them feel more confident about themselves, make them feel like that their, their life can be however richer in whatever way they would like, you know, and they can just go for it. That, that was awesome. Awesome. And we've gotten other messages too from, you know, parents who say that their child has a disability, they're in a wheelchair and they don't really feel like, you know, people in chairs can be cool. And I, you know, I'm not saying I'm all that cool, but they'll, they'll tell us <laughs> you're that cool, you're pretty cool. Like, it's, it's... <laughs> well, thanks. Well, the, the parents will tell us that the daughter or son, whoever will like watch our channel and be like, Oh, he's in a wheelchair like me. That's awesome. Like, and so that that's, I like saying that because when I was first injured, there was not a lot of representation in media for people with disabilities. And so if we can do our part with our YouTube channel to, showcase that you know people with disabilities can do awesome things can do exciting things can be quote cool or whatever um then that's that's great that's what we want to do we want people to grow up or children with disabilities to grow up with all the confidence in the world you know and knowing that they can make their way in this world they can make their place in this world um that is very rewarding when we see messages like that so it's really the, the, you know, and, and you're showcasing your, your ordinary daily life. And that has an impact of people seeing, maybe they're not living to the best that they could be and they're seeing your channel and the fact that you two are thriving in all the ways that you are and connecting in all the way this, ways that you are and making a living and sharing love together and saying, you know, I got to do that in my own way which sounds, which is really cool. And is this, again, is this all over the world? Like just random people all over? Oh yeah. I mean, we have audience in Brazil, Trinidad, Tobago, all over Africa, Europe. Um, yeah. We have people commenting in all sorts of languages that we can't even read. <laughs> I don't even know what, what language to put into Google translate. It's, it's like, 
yeah, uh, we have audience everywhere, which is awesome too, because it shows that people around the world are taking an interest and disability and they would like to be more aware and they'd like to see what, you know, interabled love might look like, you know? And, and from my perspective, it is the, the, the whole idea of the other is that people are other until we see them and get a sense of who they are, a bit of their soul. We get to see, then all of a sudden they become a little bit more like who we are. And what you we used to see was just an image of what it was and a bunch of projections and thoughts. And then you see them interact and have conversations and have needs and wants and desires like everybody else. And it humanizes them. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the idea of the other, I think, is expounded with people with disabilities, because for someone who has never been around disabilities, we are more other than probably any other demographic. And the sense that like people don't know what our intellectual capability will be. People don't know what our um, physical capability will be and how to inter even interact. Like that is just so other, or at least they think it's so other. And that's kind of one of the things that we're trying to break down is like, it doesn't have to be different. Like it just, it, it, it shouldn't be different. I'm just a person. Just treat me like a person. An example of that is um, we were at the airport one time. And we were just waiting for our flight. And there's a family that sat down next to us. And it was, you know, two, you know, parents and young children. And one of the children saw my chair. And when I say young, it's maybe like four or five or something. And one of the children saw my chair and wanted to ask like, oh, like, why is he in a, in a chair? And the mom immediately was like, oh, shh. oh, no, 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 no. Oh, quiet. You don't, you don't ask that. Right. Like as if the kid had done something terrible. And I heard this and I saw this go down. I was like, oh no, that's absolutely fine. And I just um, um, talked directly to the kid and answered his question. Because if he's curious, that's okay. Kids are curious. They want to learn. And I want him to well, learn. Even what if the adult wanted to learn too? Like well, I, yeah, it's interesting you say that because afterwards she was so grateful and she was like, oh, thank you. Like I, I didn't know. And I was curious too. But what kind of made me sad about that interaction was if I hadn't spoken up, that kid would have moved forward from then thinking that he shouldn't talk to people with disabilities. He shouldn't be curious. He shouldn't interact with them because it's like, I don't know, like embarrassing or something. I, I don't know. Um, and, and it I comes from a place they want to make it night. They want to just be respectful or not make people feel, but it's the, what ends up happening is the opposite in a way. Right. Right. And that's what makes me feel more other from everybody than anything else. And that, I think that's what makes kids think that people with disabilities are so other when we're not, we're pretty normal people. <laughs> right. I, I want to ask you a little bit about your relationship with being so public. Um, what mm -hmm. is your life? So you, you live your daily. And my sister is also, she's an Instagram influencer in the health and wellness scene. And I ask her all the time. She's like a quasi celebrity. People know more about her life than I do. Cause I don't really follow her day-to-day mm -hmm. -day stories. How do you transition from public to private? Or is, is life a little bit different? What's it like to be off the camera? Uh, well, Charisma and I, we're, we're pretty similar on and off the camera. Um, <laughs> there's, not, <laughs> there's not a huge transition other than probably off camera. We're a little more just relaxed. You know, we're just kind of hanging out. We're chilling. Uh, we spend a lot of time just watching Netflix, playing video games. Um, <laughs> So there's not too much of a transition. It, it, is a, it is 
kind of interesting to me that people would be interested in just watching us just like hang out or talk about this or talk about that. I do find that kind of interesting. Um, but I think it's really cool. I mean, it makes me feel like, you know, things I have to say matter, I guess. Um, although I will say that charisma and I are very intentional with what we put into the public eye. We are very open people, but we are also very private people. Um, so they are, tons of things that we do, we will never put online into a video, onto Instagram, anything. Um, because it's important to us that we have our own relationship. It's not everyone's relationship. We have our own life. It's not everyone's life. That's very important to us. So we are very intentional and we choose exactly what we want to put out there and what we don't. Um, and I think that's a healthy way to handle it. Because as soon as you've lost all privacy, um, it, you kind of lose your own identity. It's everybody else's identity. And especially on YouTube, well, I guess anywhere really, people love to comment about how you should be living your life. So we don't want to put things out there. Like, with the, like we're trying to have a kid right now. Like we'll share that with the world. But when we have our kid, we're not going to show every detail of that child's life. We're, not, we'll, we're gonna, probably hardly going to show the child at all. And there are a lot of reasons for that. And one of the big reasons is we don't really care to hear people telling us how we should parent our child. We don't really care to hear people say, you shouldn't have done this. You should have done this instead. It's like, it's, it's not your child. You want the right people to be that kind of way, you know, your immediate yeah. family or some people you care about and trust, but right. the, the average person with no relationship to you telling you how to raise your child. Right. Exactly. So we, yeah, that, that's why we want to be intentional about it. And it's, it's worked for us well. Now what we've been um, open to share has definitely changed as we've gone on with the channel, um, especially on my end, because a lot of things with my disability, I've been very open about from the start, but there are things that I was not open about either. And um, like, for example, before the YouTube channel, when I started becoming more confident with myself, I would have never shown myself shirtless online, you know, just because I'm not that stoked with my body, you know, uh, and I still struggle with body acceptance. Um, but I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. I'm okay. It's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. This is who I am. And, you know, we've done a, a morning routine where it shows me in the shower shirtless like pushing around in I my wheelchair. <laughs> yeah and you know it's not flattering but hey whatever and when I go into the comment section you know it, I was great to find that nobody was bashing me for my quad gut you know nobody was bashing me for like my big arm or my skinny arms or anything so I feel like a lot of that is just put on to yourself and once you sort of get over that that hump you're all right you know it's really not a big deal but you've also learned over time how to handle criticism i'm guessing uh and feedback yeah. that isn't less than ideal yeah I've, i'm pretty callous when it comes to that stuff i don't really care <laughs> if people want to bash me like obviously you're dealing with their own thing right now you're taking right. it out on me i'm not gonna let that affect me sorry you can and people love to say like, oh, I don't agree with this. Unsubscribe. It's like, <laughs> all right. I'll just give them a little wave. Goodbye. All right. right. See you later. Right. And that's, that's huge to be able to do that. Otherwise, you just would go 
crazy so trying crazy. to please every single person with a various of needs and wants and again, putting things on you. So yeah. I'll, I'll leave this part of the interview with just one more question for the, for the, you know, for the future of the channel and the future of the work that you guys are doing. Anything really exciting or that you want to do or anything you want to do differently in the sense to, as, a, as a channel that you're planning to, to roll out coming out soon? Well, man, I tell you what, as soon as, uh, as soon as the world opens up again and we feel safe to travel, we are going to be doing lots, lots of traveling. And um, we feel like our channel's kind of been missing that part of things where we actually get out into the world and do activities and stuff. Like some of our favorite videos are when we went to the state fair, like with our parents and tried out like getting on the rides and stuff. Um, that, that, those videos are so much fun and we cannot wait to do that stuff again. Uh, we also have a pretty big trip in the works where we might be doing a little traveling out of country. We, we love to travel and staying, staying in our house has been quite trying for yes, sure. For everybody. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of, all of that. And you know what, actually I, I get one, um, uh, encore, which is just, I just want you to just tell me a few things about yourself that you like that are meaningful for you that have nothing to do with the channel. Uh, anything else that is just cool. <sighs> what do I like? Um, I love fantasy novels. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I'm really into the wheel of time series right now. I'm rereading it. It's a 14 book series. I'm on book 11 and uh, I've been, I've been loving it. And I'm, I'm really excited because I, I did this reread because a TV show is coming out soon. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited. It might be like the next game of Thrones. We'll see. The wheel of time. Yeah. Look it up. If you're into swords and magic and all that sort of stuff, it's great. Okay. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, we're going to transition into the change talk part. So just talk to me a little bit about something that you want to change or improve within yourself. And before we move on to the change talk, have you lost track of the hours you lose browsing and scrolling? Most of us have a hard time answering that question truthfully. Our suggestion? Utilize technology to help conquer technology. Focus Me is the productivity app that forces you to focus. The fully customizable tool blocks digital temptations giving you countless hours of your life back by blocking selected keyword searches, desktop apps, and websites. The best part about it? It is unbeatable, uncheatable, unworkaroundable. I personally have been using it successfully for almost two years now. To join me, go to focusme.com slash change talk for a 20% discount off your first payment. And if you are a student, go to focusme.com dot com slash request dash educational dash discount to request an additional 30% off your first purchase. And now on to the change talk. Something that I would really like to change in 2021 is being more on top of the little things. So I don't think people realize that when you're running a YouTube channel, there's actually a lot that goes on behind the scenes. We're constantly working with brands, working on deals, getting cuts over to them and back and doing revisions and sending off footage to our editor, keeping him in the loop, working with our manager back and forth, finding new opportunities and then dealing with incoming opportunities. So there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And um, 
that's just like a ton of emails and things, you know? So I, I want to do better with staying on top of the little things like managing our inbox, responding on time. Um, and then in life too, you know, little things like with our dog, like I got to get her heartworm medicine every month, making sure that's, you know, always arranged, making sure our trash is out on the sidewalk every Tuesday morning to come get picked up by the, the trash people, you know, um, all those little things I think I could do better staying on top of because a lot of this is very new to me. I, this is the first time I've ever lived out of the home, like, or, or lived without my parents. It's only been, it's nearly been a year. So like, I'm still adjusting to life as an adult. <laughs> and so there's a lot more responsibility in things. And I've found that I really need to stay on top of everything. Um, and to keep a, a running household. So there's just a lot of detailed oriented. So obviously there's this, the big picture, your channel, yeah. living with living, living the married life. And then there's the details that make up the, the real like material of it all that right. uh, are neglected a little bit. Yeah. I do great with the big stuff, you know, the, the high in the sky, you know, aerial view of things. Oh, I'm great up there. But yeah, it's once you, once you get down on the ground level, get into the weeds, uh, all the, the real substance of things, I feel like that's where the meat and potatoes are. Um, I, I could do a little bit better just managing all that stuff. Um, right. I, I do have ADD, like I'm actually diagnosed and I've tried to, tried to find ways to manage that without taking medicine because the medicine wasn't good for my health, wasn't good for the health of my relationship um, and or just like my personality in general. So I'm, I'm trying to find holistic ways to, to deal with my attention issues. Um, right. So I just need to be better with details and uh, staying on top of things. Well, this is, uh, I'm not, I'm going to try to not bring myself too much into this, but this is a particular passion of mine as I am a, a psychotherapist and academic coach with students and do a lot of stuff on planning and organization and systems online. Um, but I'll try and not assert too much of, of those until the end when I give you a, maybe a few suggestions. But just talk to me a little bit about the, a day in the life where that's sort of all over the place. So a lot of times we'll, we'll have a few things that we want to accomplish in a day and then we'll get our day started, get things going. And now let me preface this by saying like things do take longer with me like everything just takes longer and sometimes my morning routine like we'll get up at seven or eight and i feel like we're ready to start the work day at like 11 11 30 just because it takes so long to get going um and so we'll, we'll try to get some things done if there's three or four things like maybe i need to respond to a couple emails that i know are important but we need to film this video and then we need to get feedback to our editor for the previous video we'll try to we'll know we had to do all those things in a day, but only end up accomplishing a couple of them. And then it's like five o'clock and we're like, oh, well, you know, the workday is technically over. So I'll, I'll just do the next thing tomorrow. And then the next day, there are a couple of things that kind of fall through the cracks and it gets pushed to the next day. And it's just like this constant cycle of things that you wanted to get done yesterday might get done a few days after. And it's stressful because then you're always thinking about it. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, I didn't do this. And it just accumulates over time because you just said it, you gave a two day example, but the day before that, there were other days that things weren't fully implemented. And so over time, it's just 
a bit of chaos. It's of, a snowball. It's a snowball. It's a snowball. Um, in what way, shape, or form is that way of doing things for you beneficial to your life? Sort of keeping things a bit, the details not fully organized, fully in place. How does that help you? Well, I don't, I don't know that it's very helpful. It's just kind of the way that I've always operated. So it's just what comes natural to me. So like, for example, I've never had a formal nine to five job. I've always just done things on my own time. I've always been self-employed. So I've never like been accountable to, you know, another party. Um, and so because of that, I, I allow myself to let things slide through the cracks and I allow myself to say, Oh, I could do that tomorrow rather than today because, you know, I, that's my choice. I don't I like, and I'm choosing not to punish myself for that, even though I kind of am by stressing about it. So I don't know that it's helpful at all. It's just what, it's just what's been natural to me because that's how I've lived my life. Well, it kind of serves a function in that it's in a way you, the way you just articulated, it kind of represents your freedom of that. No one can tell you what to, what to do or not, that you're kind of in control of your day and in control of your schedule, even if it's not. Yeah well well organized it means that you are are the boss kind of yeah yeah and that control is nice i think i think the control plays a big part of it and i like the i like not being accountable to anybody other than myself even though i know i don't punish myself enough <laughs> <laughs> and also is it could it also just be a little bit of because you're used to it that's how you've been doing things for such a long time that um, there's a comfort in just that that's who you like, that's just a part of Cole. Like that's just, it's familiar it, to you. It's really just who I am. It's my personality. And I, I like to allow myself to get excited about things. So for example, if I know I have five things on the docket that I should do that day, and then we get an email that comes in, that's really exciting. And all of my attention just is zoned into that thing. And I get excited about it. I'll start doing research on it. I'll formulate like an approach because that's like an opportunity for me to refocus on a big idea again and not be in the weeds. But then I just lose the rest of my work day. And those five things I was supposed to do have not even been addressed at all. Um, and part of me thinks that that's right for me because the excitement is what keeps me going. I can be the type of person that will stray from something because I've become a little bored with it. So as long as there's excitement, I will stay, I'll stay focused. Um, but yeah, I think that's a big reason why the details sometimes are left behind is because I want to be excited about what I'm doing. Well, that's pleasure. You, there's pleasure in that. You just said, I mean, I'm imagining you got these five things you've been working on for a while. There's little details that need to be, there's no new ideas. The new idea came up three weeks ago and now it's okay. I got to like focus on the edit for this. And there's little things that are kind of annoying. And then all of a sudden a new thing comes up and it's like, throw the papers. This is so amazing. This is the newest yeah. experience. And exactly. then, and that's the novelty. And then on that level, it's always the big picture. So there's no little details yet. Um, so it's pleasurable. It's exciting and pleasurable to, to yeah. constantly be moving to the next big thing. Right. But that's not great for productivity sometimes. 
but you started saying you weren't sure if there's anything that it that it's good for, and it, it seems like it reminds you you're the you're the boss, you run the show, it's your time, and it keeps excitement, keeps things fresh, even if it's yeah. not the best for you. Oh, that that's certainly the case. Yeah, I like being the boss, even though I'm really not the boss. Charisma's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> but you've decided that she's the boss, which still makes yeah. you the boss. I, I allowed her to be the yeah. boss. <laughs> I am also very ambitious. So I am always thinking about the next big thing, the, the next thing that's going to springboard us into, you know, the, the next level, because eventually I want to be in the stratosphere, you know, I want to, I want to get there. Um, so I have a healthy, healthy helping of ambition and that coupled with uh, a lack of desire to do the small things is, is a very interesting, interesting mix. So I just need to find a way. I feel like if I can find a way to, to couple the ambition with, you know, um, great attention to detail and consistent attention to detail, I feel like I could be unstoppable. Yeah. Well, you have, you take, and the reason why I ask kind of that counterintuitive question is because a lot of people don't give it much thought that the reason why they continue doing things, even though they think they don't want to, is because it also serves a, a function in their life. And understanding that function, they can then take the best of it and then move it over to the thing they want to change. So your ambition, your nonstop attitude, your bossness, your desire to lead, your desire for excitement and novelty and newness and big ideas, none of those things are bad. Those things are incredible. And if you're able to somehow channel this new identity of being detail focused with those other pieces, like you just said, that's an, uh, you know, an unstoppable force. Yeah, that's, but of course it's easier said than done. Right. So, so let's, so why do you want to change? Why you mentioned you, that you would be this unstoppable force. Why, what would be so much better about you, Cole, if you were able to start to be a bit more detail focused? Well, what, what I like <laughs> I know this all sounds very confusing probably, but I'm also pretty lazy. I, <laughs> I, <get it. laughs> I love to just sit around, not have to do anything, not stress about doing anything, hang out with charisma, watch a movie, play video games. I love to do that. If I could do that all the time, I would. So I, I know that I'm a mixed pot of characteristics that really don't make sense in conjunction with each other. Um, but I want to be better about being on top of things so that everything is done and I can be lazy. <laughs> no, that it's true because when you do want to be lazy, but you feel like there's all these things you've neglected that you don't deserve the laziness yet. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, that's exactly it. Cause a lot of times now when I'm, when it is the end of the day and we've stopped doing work because like we want to have a healthy work life balance and then I'm playing games, but then I think back to what I should have done that day. I'm just like, gosh, dude, it's like, I can't even enjoy it because I'm just thinking about what I should have done. And so I don't get to have fun, lazy time. I have stressful, lazy time. <laughs> yes. Another like offshoot of that is I can be very forgetful. Um, so like I'll, I'll have, and I think that's a stem of my ADD too, is like, I'll have a conversation with charisma and I'm engaged in that conversation and we make a decision. And because it's not like a big decision or like a super exciting decision, it was just like what we're going to have for dinner. 
like five hours later when dinner comes around, I'm like, oh, hey, what's for dinner? And Kristen's like, really? We had a whole conversation about this. And I'm like, oh, crap, that's right. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then I feel bad because she thinks I'm not paying attention to her when I am. It's just I just forget things. So I, I can work on that, too. I know I need to be better and I can be better um, because it's not it's kind of rude when when someone feels like they're not being listened to. Sure. I want to be, I want to be a good listener and I want, want to be a memorable listener. A memorable listener that shows that I am paying attention to the details um, yeah. in any way, shape or form. And obviously then that ties into being a better, you want to be more detail oriented to be a better partner, mm-hmm. to be a, a more uh, a thoughtful person, a better listener. Um, so there's a lot of, of things that could be better if, if you're able to do more detail oriented stuff. Yeah, it all start, it all stems from the details, man. It's all in the details. I just never I've never been good at it and I've never actively tried to be better, so I don't know what like how to approach being better with details. And and part of this is that the, in especially in the change talks is that there's a big picture that we try to get and then I want to move one tiny needle um in that direction. So is there anything? I know that you say you don't really know what to do. But is there anything that you do know that you could do today that would make the movement to, towards that value of being more detail oriented, more of a reality for you? I think something that would help keeping an active living to-do list is great for me because I think about things. I do this all the time. It's a terrible trait. I think about something that I need to do. And I'll think, oh, should I write that down? And I tell myself, no, I can remember that. And then two days later, I think back to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot. Like I was supposed to do that. But I told myself I was going to remember it. And it's like universally, I never freaking remember it. So I just need to put it on a to-do list and then make sure that I actually finish my to-do list every day. But hold on. So I'm... Very excited to announce to you that one of my two blog posts, one is just on a to-do list system that I use that is the simplest possible way to do a to-do list. I, I go against the conventional and it developed through one of my, one of my students who, whose mom was like, why are you making all these separate lists? Make one massive list. And this list that I have now, everything from my work responsibilities, my familial responsibilities, things that I want to remember in three months. If someone says to me, follow up with me in three months, I put in on my to-do list. I write it down right away because I know I'm going to forget. I don't want to think about it. It goes in there in three months from now, I will open my phone and on my to-do list for that day, it'll show up. Um, It'll just all of a sudden come into my consciousness. I never have to remember anything. The system that I've put in place is such that, like you said, in a momentary like in a moment where I need to remember something, I put it in, I'll deal with it later when I'm going to actually do it. But then once it gets to the list, it's already there. And the list has an automatic thing where it goes to the present day. And then I might move it to a week later or two weeks later. And I might move things for weeks, but I know that there's this list that I've hired to be my brain outside of me to remember, to make up for all working memory deficiencies and um, like it, I'm super passionate about it. So I'll share with you that link. But essentially, if you want to learn how to make a to-do list in the simplest, most doable way, I, I feel like I found something that works for people. Um, so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm excited to share that with you. Oh, I would absolutely love that. That sounds ex- like exactly what I need. 
And so you've been using it. Does it work well for you? Oh my gosh. I have been using it for a couple of years now and I do with everybody. It's a, it's a single list you make. I use an app called tick tick. It doesn't really matter, but I, I use that one. And essentially it's one list on this one list. Every single responsibility that I have, not to a particular time, but to a particular day. So my calendar is my, is my responsibilities to the world in whatever way, shape or form that are at times of the day. Mm-hmm. But my to-do list is just my responsibilities on a given day. I may then put something in my calendar from the to-do list, but for the most part, my to-do list, and I don't differentiate between, there's no, nothing to, beneath me that goes on that list. If I want to remember any single thing in my life, you know, I even put, there's a part of it for my clothes that I wore for, cause I see clients all the time. I don't want to wear the same clothes every week, but <laughs> what I'm saying is like, I have one list that tells me every single responsibility I have from work and personal life all in one place. And every, there are recurring ones that are go on a weekly basis, a monthly basis. Um, and then there's just one-offs that go into it. And I might put something for three months from now, uh, to fall, cause someone sent me an email saying, contact me at the beginning of January. I don't want to remember that, but I don't want to forget. So it just goes on to my list, basically. Yeah, I, that sounds like the perfect solution for me because I, I feel like because I'm always thinking about this thing or that thing, I have a harder time being present sometimes, you know? Um, so if I can just like download all of that, you know, get that off my brain, but know that it's still somewhere, it's then there. I can focus more on a conversation about what we're having for dinner. Um, so that sounds like the perfect solution. It's called offloading in the sort of ADHD literature about using technology to make up for our struggles. Our working memories today are working like, like to remember the amount of responsibilities that human beings have today. Good luck. Yeah. Just outsource, give it to technology to deal with. It will do it perfectly. Um, it will do it with perfect memory. It will never fail you. It won't forget. It won't delete. It won't be, it doesn't have glitches. I mean, it may have a, a glitch here and there, but certainly better than um, what our brains are capable of. <laughs> yeah, our rattled brains. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, and look, I, the, 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 um, the blog post that I do goes very step-by-step with images on how to really create this list and keep it continually. Um, so maybe your change talk then, it, because making a, making a list and committing to it, I'm telling you it's easy. I guarantee you, you can do it. But for the purposes of change talk, maybe it's just that you're going to read the blog post and or download a to-do list to start the, the process. So get it started. Just, just get it started. Yeah. On your no, I've actually learned that too. Um, that's something I want to do better this year is a lot of times I put things off because just starting it is the hardest part. And is then once I start it, all of a sudden it's done. I'm like, that wasn't so bad. Why was I stressing about that for a week? Um, so, all right. So I will start, I will download, I'll start by downloading the uh, app and just reading the blog post. If, if you, and we do follow-ups with the, with the change talk where people just check in for a minute and you've made this public. So now people might ask you, uh, in terms of accountability, even you make a, 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 and that's part of what change talk is all about is that we make it sort of public for people that even if charisma knows, or even a few people or the channel knows that you're trying to do this then they'll ask you about it. And then you don't want to be embarrassed to say, oh, I'm not doing <laughs> it. So that, that there's a subtle shame that goes into that. But at, <laughs> at the end of the day, if you just download and read the blog, that's, and that's your change talk for now. It means you're 
thinking about planning a list, you've like, uh, you've done a huge thing. Yeah. All right. I will do that huge thing. So I, I don't usually get so suggestive like that, but I got, I just got very excited because it's a, it's a passion of mine to help people with their to-do lists. Um, so, uh, thank you for sharing that with everybody here. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, this was great. And I feel like I've come out of it with something very helpful. I'm, I'm excited about this to do this now. So Cole has obviously just brought to the table, um, something that our hope always is that the change talk that you share with can in some small way, inspire other people that are thinking about it. So, uh, for now you've already mentioned how much life would be better. Um, and you provide so much more value, be a better listener, be a better partner, uh, be more on top of things, be more ca- uh, caring in terms of your responsibilities. These are big things. And hopefully you don't lose that drive, momentum, spark, um, energy, novelty seeking kind of thing. And your most importantly, your healthy laziness, which I mm. think can really be increased with this. So thank you so much for sharing and for coming on. Yes, this was great. It was great chatting with you, Noah. And um, yeah, I, I hope you help change lots of people's lives here. <laughs> thank you. Don't forget to follow us on social media to keep updated on all our content. We are at Change Talk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Change Talk Pod on Twitter. Editing for this podcast is done by the lovely Atara Shields Tile. Music and theme song by Hope and Social in their album Yorkshire Electric EP with the song People Change. <laughs>